It's a great day to serve the Lord. Glad to have all of you and those who will be joining us shortly. Thank you each for being here. To our guests, thank you all for coming. We are thrilled that you have graced us with your presence. To Pam's family, thank you for being here. We've loved having you. All the rest of you, Brother uh, Sean's brother, Mike, glad to have you. Amen. All, if there's any other that I'm missing, we're glad that you're here. Amen. The Lord richly bless you so very much. This is a very important day, not just here at the church, but across our nation. We celebrate our veterans today. And to all of our members and guests who served in any form of the military, we salute you this morning. I know that we'd have some of our members who are veterans who could not be here. So I got up early this morning. I began to text each of them, telling them how much we appreciate their service. And so if you're here and you are a veteran, if you just served, even if you didn't see, uh, weren't in wartime, we appreciate you serving our country, and we admire you for that today. And now uh, we're all in the Lord's Army, right? And so while we're not fighting with swords and spears and guns, we're fighting a battle for our own salvation. And so we're all veterans in that sense of the word. Amen. I want you to open your Bibles, and uh, we'll get right into the Scripture in just a minute. I probably won't keep you extremely long. We'll probably break a little early and then have our focus prayer in between the services uh, as we did last week. Some of you remember we started with focus prayer in the intermission, and I seem to think that helped us keep our minds collected while our praise team was gathering. So we'll do that this morning. Exodus chapter 15, verse 1. I know that Thanksgiving is just a week and a half or two weeks away, almost two weeks away. Traditionally, I always take the Sunday before Thanksgiving to address being thankful. And I thought ahead this year and thought, well, you know, I'll, I'll break the cycle. I'll do something new. So if the Lord will allow me next Sunday before Thanksgiving, I won't be addressing Thanksgiving at all. But I don't think we should overlook uh, our gratitude and our thankfulness to the Lord. And so I'm not addressing the Thanksgiving holiday at all this morning. But I am going to talk to you about being grateful to God for what he has done in our life, okay? Exodus 15, chapter, chapter 15, verse 1. Then sang Moses and the children of Israel this song unto the Lord. And spake, saying, I will sing unto the Lord, for he hath triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider he hath thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and song, and he has become my salvation. He is my God, and I will prepare him a habitation. My Father's God, and I will exalt him. Amen. I will praise him. I will sing unto the Lord. For he hath triumphed gloriously. That's not just a little victory. When you see somebody, I need a tissue. My nose is running. Um, when you triumph gloriously, that's extra special, isn't it? Praise the Lord. You can be seated this morning. Uh, reading back through some old notes that I had, I found a quote from one of the greatest preachers of all time in the, the American history, a man by the name of Charles Spurgeon. I'm sure most of you have heard of him. But in his writings and his books, he wrote and made a statement. He said, every morning you should wash your face with gratitude and thanksgiving. 
And I don't know, I guess his time and his terminology must have been different than our current terminology because we don't think in terms of washing our face like that. But I can picture in his era of time, uh, him starting his day, maybe a little wash pan or a little wash basin, and uh, the very first thing he would do maybe would be to wash his face, maybe to, to help himself wake up. But he said, every morning you should wash your face with a spirit of gratitude and thanksgiving. And that indicates to me that what he's saying is the very first thing you do when you wake up in the morning is say thank you to the Lord. Matter of fact, there's been a few times all of us have woke up, and the first thing we say is, oh, God, I survived another night. Lord, you let me live another day. And you know what? For that, we should be very grateful. We should be very, very thankful. And we should adopt an attitude of gratitude. We should have an attitude that says every day for everything I give thanks to the Lord. It's the little things that add up that make our lives what they are. We point back to the big, important moments. But really and truly, there are fewer big, important moments than there are little bitty moments. And it's the little bitty things that add up to make us who we are and what we are. It's the everyday getting up and having the health and the strength to go to your job, having a sound mind, having a wonderful family that loves you, having a wonderful home and a nice car to drive. Those things you don't think about every day, but those are the little things that add up to make you who and what you are. And we should express every day an attitude of thankfulness and gratitude to the Lord because of all the things that he does for us. Lamentations, the third chapter says, I will recall to my mind... Therefore, I have hope. It's of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. Think about that for just a moment. Lamentation said, I, I, I'm reminded every day that it's the goodness of God that I even exist. It's the mercies of God that I haven't been consumed. And when I hear the term consumed, I'm thinking burnt to a crisp. It's just the Lord's mercy that, that we haven't just been um, like Sodom and Gomorrah, had hellfire rain down upon us because that's about the best most of us deserve. Don't want to make you feel bad about yourself, but that's about the best most of us deserve, the judgments and anger of God. But here we sit this morning in the house of the Lord. We deserve much less than we get, but we're blessed every day. And we're sitting here, standing here, enjoying the sweet presence of God. That's his mercy being extended to us in our lives. You better thank God every day for the mercy, the little things that add up in your life. Now, if you win the lottery, there's two things you need to do. You need to say thank you and really praise the Lord. Then you need to pay your tithes. But I have a feeling, and you put your calculator to it, if you're putting money into that, you're just wasting it. Because those things don't happen to real people. I mean, I'm not saying you're going to hell over it. I'm just saying uh, you ought to go buy yourself a Dr. Pepper instead. You get a whole lot more benefit out of a Dr. Pepper. But we say, well, if, if I had something big like that, I would sure praise the Lord. I found in the scripture, the Bible says, if you're faithful over little things, you'll be faithful over the larger things. And I have a feeling that if we don't learn to be grateful for the small things in our life, we won't be grateful for the big things. And if we're sitting around waiting for some miracle to happen or some great thing to happen in our lives so we can testify about it, 
That's never going to happen, very likely. But every day you got up, you had a sound mind, most of us. You have a breath in your body. You've got your aches and pains. Everybody got aches and pains? I've got more than my share of aches and pains. Here I've been struggling with my back for weeks, and uh, Ken folks come down, and what do they do? They want to go hiking and climbing granite walls yesterday, and uh, I went along with them, and uh, when they leave, I'm going to check into the hospital. We've all got our share of aches and pains, but we've got so much more that is good than we do bad. And we need to have an awareness that it's because God loves us and his mercy touches our life that we exist. We're not consumed. We exist because of the goodness of God. And I'm just going to just say this. We need to adopt a fresh awareness of the fact that we owe God a whole lot of praise and thanksgiving. And we've got a whole lot of catching up to do. Most of us, all of us, sometimes I think we fail to give him the glory for his blessings in our life. And that Lamentations would go on to say, the Lord, um, because the compassions of the Lord, they fail not, and they are new every morning. Every day, God gets good again. Can I say it in a way that we might understand it? Every day, he's brand new to us. He hasn't changed. He hasn't adopted any new natures or any new characteristics. But every day, his mercy is brand new in our life, and we get a new lease on life every day because God loves us. And Spurgeon said, you ought to start your day with thanksgiving and gratitude to God. It was a difficult time in our text. Israel had been captive in Egypt for a long time. And um, finally, the Lord had prepared Moses through a process of time, and he came back to Egypt, and uh, he began to speak on behalf of the Israelites. The plagues came. Finally, the Israelites, after the Passover, or during the Passover, uh, after the Passover, they had escaped into the wilderness away from the Egyptians, and they could see uh, in the distance on the horizon, they could see all their hopes and dreams beginning to come to pass. Um, But they discovered something, a problem, and that was that between them and the horizon was a Red Sea, an, an unpassable ocean, if you would. And they, they marched right up to the banks of that, and they're beginning to think, oh, no, what are we going to do now? And that was a moment for them to, 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 to change their thinking, to have faith in the Lord, except somebody at the back of the crowd happened to look over their shoulder, and the word began to spread that, Y'all better hurry up up there on the banks because back here on our side, the Egyptians have come to reclaim us. And I picture in that moment when the word and the realization began to settle upon them, I picture a, a feeling of despair. Their hopes and ambitions lay right out there on the horizon. They could see what they'd been praying for. They had been crying, watching their loved ones die and being beaten by as slaves. And they had longed for that. And here comes destruction behind them. There's no way through. And I picture despair. Have you ever felt despair? Felt like this is the end of the road? My problems have overtaken me. The things I'm running from have, have trapped me. And, they've, and they're coming now. And I have no way to avoid them. And so despair must have set in on Israel. And then 
Moses heard from the Lord. And this people who were in a moment of total despair heard Moses speak and watched as Moses extended that rod out over that sea. And he began to speak and pray in the name of the Lord. And in their despair, they felt the cold breeze of a wind begin to blow across there. You know that moment when you first get a little puff of air, you feel it? You're hot, and all of a sudden, you just get a cool puff of air. Uh, I, I have a feeling they were standing there, and they were just weeping, and they were expecting to go back to Egypt and be mistreated again. And all of a sudden, they felt that little cool puff of air. And they stood there on the banks of that sea all night long, and they watched the wind blow that sea back. And it began to not only blow the water back, it opened up a channel for them, and that wind blew until the ground was dry. And they said, all right, here's our break. And so Israel goes through, the Bible says they walk through on dry ground. And they get out on the other side. I believe they're still believing, they're still living in despair, total unbelief. They can't believe that they're going to uh, be destroyed out here in the wilderness. Matter of fact, you would find times when they would say to Moses, did you bring us into the wilderness to let us die? So they walk through on dry ground. They get through and they could see on the other side the Egyptian army. And, and they knew that the ground was dry. It was good to walk across. And they watched as that army, their enemy, began down into the bottom of that sea and making the same path they did. And they stood on the other bank. And they couldn't believe that the bad luck that they were having. They get a break, and it just, it just is stolen from them. And then they felt the wind stop. Then that breeze that they had seen yesterday and felt um, as it rolled the waters back, um, and they felt that breeze stop, and they watched that sea begin to close up. And their enemy, the Egyptians, were drowned, and their chariots and their horses all were destroyed in that sea. And that's where our text picks up this morning. They stood there in total disbelief. They had had extreme highs and extreme lows. They were thankful at the Passover to get out of Egypt. They were out there walking towards their dreams and their hopes. And then all that crumbled as they approached the Red Sea and the Egyptians were coming. And then they stood there and watched as all of their problems disappeared. And our text says they looked out over there and all of a sudden Moses... I don't think Moses could believe what he was seeing either. I believe he was stunned. He knew God was good. He had seen God use him and turn a stick into a snake, and he had seen all kind of stuff. He knew God was good. But this one was unbelievable. And he looked out over that sea. He saw the Egyptians were gone. They were all drowning, floating down the river. And he said to the Israelites, he said, let me tell you something. I must have been a holy hush, kind of like this room right here. They were standing there, mouths open, couldn't believe their eyes. And all of a sudden, Moses began to sing. And Moses began to speak. And he said, I'm going to sing a song 
to the Lord. It looked bad this morning. It looked bad when we went to bed last night. Life seemed to be overtaking us. Our troubles were, were bigger than we are. But I'm seeing something now. I'm going to sing unto the Lord because he hath triumphed gloriously. He didn't do just a small thing. He has not only delivered us from our enemy, but he has destroyed our enemy. I will sing unto the Lord because he has triumphed gloriously every day of your life there is glorious triumph from the lord every day of your life there are those moments when the spirit of the lord moves in spectacular ways amen can we just take a minute right here we're, we're entering into the thanksgiving season can we just take a minute and just say thank you to the lord for his blessings do you have things you want to praise him for hasn't he been good to you praise him right now Lord, you've been good, so good to us. You have blessed us, Lord. You have provided for us. We have our health. We have our families. We have a good church. I thank you, Lord, for all you provide. Bless us, Lord, as we continue to bless you. In Jesus' name, amen. I can sense the spirit of awareness that swept over that crowd that day when they realized they were only alive because of the Lord. They would go from the banks of the Red Sea into the depths of the wilderness, and there every day they would walk out, and there would be food laying on the ground. Every day, food laying right there. They'd walk out, and they'd gather up what they needed for the day, and, and they learned pretty quick, don't gather for tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Trust God for tomorrow. And so they'd get up, and, and I, I have a feeling they'd go out, and in the beginning it was just amazing to them that the food was laying on the ground. Manna, just laying out there. Pick up what you want. Eat all you want for the day. Maybe over time the, the all of it might have dimmed, and they might have got accustomed to it. But every day they understood that the Lord was blessing them. Jesus said in his prayer example in the Gospels, he said that we should pray, give us this day our daily bread. Lord, you provide for me today uh, a sound mind, provide for me health, provide for my family, give me enough to take care of my responsibilities and my family, feed my children, give them clothes. Uh, Lord, you provide what you think I need. And I guarantee you, over the, the course and years of your life, it'll be the little bitty things that God does that makes you who you are. Remember that. It's not the big things. It's not, it's not the big things that you'll get uh, interviewed in the newspaper about that are important. It's the little bitty things every day that God does. And we have got to live in a spirit of thanks, thankfulness. We've got to have a mindset that says, Lord, today I am grateful for what you have done and what you will do for me. When we stop and we look back and we see what God has done, I believe we'll have the same spirit and the same emotions that the Israelites did when they saw the Egyptians being washed away in that sea unbelievably grateful lord we just were sure that this was the end for us we were sure lord that this was the last resort the last moment and here you are lord you've delivered us again turn around in your mind right now look back in the last 10 years of your life last 15 years last 20 years however long uh, and, and stop and think of what the lord has brought you out of and look at where you're at today some of you some of you were in prison 10 years ago 
Some of you were, were on drugs or some of you were having all kind of family issues and all of us had things a few years ago. Look where we're at today. We're not perfect. None of us have arrived. None of us are, are super special, but we're sitting in the presence of the Lord today. We've been brought out of darkness into this marvelous light. And we're living in, a, in the presence of God every day. We have the blessings. Of, no one here looks hungry. If you're hungry, it's because you, didn't eat, you chose not to eat breakfast. No one here is doing without the basic things because God has blessed us. Look back where you were at. 5, 10, 15, 20 years ago, and just be grateful for what God has done. I can't tell you how many conversations I've had with people over the years. Some have spoken and told me about their lives. Some I've watched, um, and I've seen the progression of the blessings of God. I've watched people who had absolutely nothing, uh, zero, nothing, broke, hungry, destitute, no place to go, living in a car maybe, and I've watched over the years as God has begun to bless them. Some of you might be in this building who were in that condition at one point in your life. And look where you're at today. God has been good to you. God has been good to you. Somebody mentioned to me recently that I think it was my brother-in-law, Brother Kevin, he mentioned yesterday that if it hadn't been for the church and God, he'd probably be dead today. That's, uh, that's, and he's not that bad of a guy. For a brother-in-law. But I have a feeling if it hadn't have been for, for the mercies of God, many of us wouldn't be alive to be in this service this morning. It's because he's loved us. He's blessed us. Every morning he nudges us and, and we take that first big deep breath of the day and, and he gets us up and he makes all the wires in our brain kind of work together and everything's in order and, and we can make clear thoughts and we can speak and, and we get up and go about our duties because God loves us so very much. The Lord gives us plenty of opportunities to praise him. He gives us plenty of opportunities to worship him. We're not lacking for any reason to say thank you. There's no shortage of things that we need to be grateful for. God gives us plenty of reasons to praise him. Let me talk to you about a few of those things today. Sometimes we look around us and we look at our life and we see and view some things as being so small they're insignificant. Um something totally random i guess you drove to church you didn't have a flat didn't run out of gas the car didn't break down you kind of expected all that to work that way didn't you but if you have my luck with cars there's no end to the flats and they're running out of gas and the car break down and it's the very most insignificant things that we take for granted that we need to be grateful for i'll tell my old story again one more time i'm gonna do my best never to tell this story again I remember pastoring in East Texas many years ago. We were so poor, it was pitiful. I mean, it was pitiful. I was hunting deer out of season just to survive. I confessed to my sins. I've already told the Lord about it. And uh, Monday morning, I need to get to the bank. I go out there, and the, of course, the car won't start. And uh, this is one of those days when I needed to get to the bank. And uh, the car wouldn't start. I worked and worked and cranked, ran the battery down, charged it up, jumped it off, nothing. And I slammed the hood of that car down. And I, I'm not going to admit to any cuss words, but I'm going to tell you what, I was getting close. <laughs> and I, I was parked between the church and the house where we lived. And, 
and it was just about the same steps to the church as it was to the house. And instead of going over to the house and being upset, I just turned around and went into the church. And it was like a side door right here where I walked in. And right at the end of the door, there was an altar bench. And for whatever reason, probably pity, I was upset, mad, and having a pity party. Poor old me. I just knelt down at that altar. I didn't go any further. And I started praying. And after a little bit, the Lord, I guess he had mercy on me. He got a hold of me. And my prayers changed from, Lord, I, it's pitiful. I'm, I'm in trouble. Lord, you got to help me. So I just began to worship the Lord. And I had a good prayer meeting, a good time of worship and thanksgiving. And I got up and I said, well, I guess I'll go back to the house and we'll worry about the car another day. But as I walked past it, I said, I'm going to try it one more time. And I stuck the key in it and I cranked it and it started right up. It ran perfect. And I went on about my business. And I've said before, the Lord, there wasn't anything wrong with the car. There was something wrong with me. I had taken the goodness of God. I had moaned about how poor I was, how sad it was, how broke I was. And the Lord just needed to get me over that altar a little bit. Let me realize that even in my present condition, I was blessed beyond measure. God was providing for my needs. He was providing everything my family needed. And when I got right with God and became grateful, the car started. Y'all can doubt that if you want to, but that's exactly how that happened. It didn't cost me a dime to fix the car. It just cost me a little prayer and worship and praise. And the car ran. As a matter of fact, we were driving that car when we came here. It was still running. I got my, right, my spirit right, and that car brought me to Marble Falls. See? Some of y'all may regret that, but I, I'm glad. I thank the Lord for it. Praise the Lord. So there are so many opportunities that the Lord gives us to be thankful those Israelites stood there they had just seen a miracle they saw the the ocean open they walked through and they're standing there wondering what now and then Moses began to sing and as Moses was singing the waters began to fall Think of that. Sometimes we, we, we don't have the answers to our prayers because we haven't assumed that they're going to be answered. And that, what I'm saying there is that we don't have the faith to believe they're going to be answered. God had told Moses, you're going to lead them. You're going to be a deliverer. You're going to lead them out. And Moses kind of had the sense of mind, the presence of mind to say, you know what? The Lord said it. Told me to come get these people. Take them out of Egypt. The Lord must be about to do something here. And so he just began to sing unto the Lord. I will sing unto the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. Amen. There are so many things. And those people were standing there wondering what's next. And then God showed them what's next. There are no limits to the things that we have to be thankful for. I spoke about the little things. Spoke about, you know, the first breath of the morning. A sound mind, your family. But think about the bigger things that God does for you. Most of you have, if, if you want one, if you're in that season of life, most of you have a good job. And we'll, we'll often say, well, I went to college, got an education, or I went and got a trade, and I learned to do some things, and that's why I've got the good job that I've got. No, you've got the job because the Lord opened the door for you. The Lord gave you the ability to prepare yourself. The Lord, I spoke of it a, a week ago, those five smooth stones that's, that uh, David pulled out of the creek bed. 
We talk about five smooth stones. They were just perfect round so that they would fly smoothly through the air. But those five smooth stones a thousand years before were on top of a mountain. And, and the earth shook. And when they broke, they were sharp. And they, were, they had razor sharp edges. And, and they fell down the mountain and eventually worked their way into a stream bed somewhere. And over hundreds and maybe thousands of years, water caused those rocks to tumble down that creek. And every time they tumbled, they got a little smoother. It took years for the Lord to prepare those. Hey, I'm telling you what, the Lord has given us plenty of opportunities to praise the Lord. And what you see today, God started in your life a long time ago. Before you were formed, the Bible says he knew us. Before we were in our mother's womb, he knew us. And the Lord began a long time ago preparing a way for you to be blessed. And every morning, every day, you ought to be giving him Praise and glory. There in the New Testament, there was a story. I'm going to hurry here. There was a story of some lepers uh, who were cast out of the community. In the uh, scriptural Bible times, uh, they didn't have modern medicine. They didn't have ways to quarantine them in a hospital somewhere, so they just put them out of the city. And the story in the scripture says there were 10 of these men who were lepers, and it's, a, it's quite a disability, a, a terrible disease, uh, where your flesh begins to rot and fingers and toes and nose and ears, all that stuff begins to rot off. It's horrible. We don't even like to imagine how bad it can be. But these men, these ten men, heard that Jesus was coming, and they, they made sure that they could uh, make enough noise, and that's what they did. They were supposed to clap their hands and make noise and scream, leper, leper, so no one would come near them, except that drew Jesus. Instead of driving him away, it drew Jesus. And he prayed over them. He spoke words over them, and they were healed. And he says, go show yourself to the priest. And so they all turned around and ran. If this is for real, and the priest says we're healed, we can go home to our families. And so they rush away, all ten of them, but one of them stopped. And one of them said, wait a minute, wait a minute. This is so wonderful. He turned around and he went back and, and he bowed down and he began to worship the Lord. And he began to praise the Lord and thank him for the miracle, for his health, um, for the strength that he was receiving. And the Lord said, then you not only are healed, but you are whole. If you understand the disease, fingers rot off, earlobes are gone, nose is rotting. Can you imagine how horrible it is? The other ten went back, and, and they may be healed, but they got scars, and they're disfigured, and, and they're not attractive anymore, and they're, and they're uh, difficult for people to be around and look. But this man went back and was grateful, and the Lord said, you're going to be healed, and you're going to be healed. I can just hear it, flesh begin to grow, earlobes growing back on. Fingers uh, shooting out and extending out. All the old stench of gangrene is gone. And he's standing there. He's healed like they are, but he's made whole. Just because he went back and he thanked the Lord. How many things could we think of that we have failed to praise the Lord for? And as a result, we have missed blessings. Oh, we might have had our healing. We might have had the immediate issue dealt with by the blessings of the Lord. But how much have we missed out on because we failed to thank God for the little things? 
This man was healed already. He could have spent the rest of his life with his family healed and free from that disease. But he didn't stop. He praised and worshiped and thanked the Lord. And he went back completely whole. How many times are we missing that added blessing, that added portion of the touch of God because we fail to give him thanksgiving? Hymns have been written, songs and about thankfulness. Uh, one of my favorite is an old hymn that we sing right here quite often. Just wanted to tell you how thankful for all that you have done. For the stars and the moonlight and the setting sun. You remember that old song? When my work on earth is done. I've left out half of it. I'm coming home to be with you. Just wanted to tell you I'm thankful. That's all. You know what? When we begin to live in a spirit of thanksgiving, if we quit pushing Thanksgiving off to the third Thursday of November every year, and we live in Thanksgiving on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday of every week, we, we say, Lord, I'm, I'm who I am because of you. I, I have a, I, I, maybe it's because I've had so many um, issues of late, you know, the last few months or so, but I have a, a, a very keen sense of the fact that it's the Lord that props me up a whole lot. Lord propping me up right now. Y'all didn't know it, but I was about to fall down. The Lord propped me up. And I have that awareness every day. And, I, and many times when I pray, I pray like this, Lord, if it weren't for you in my life, if it wasn't for your help, I wouldn't be here. I might, I might be, no telling where I'd be. It's because of your goodness. And then I, I also am aware that any good that I have ever done is not because of me. It's because of him. If you ever get a chance to visit the, the church next door, St. Frederick's, they have a little, uh, uh, Brother Robert can explain this better to me, and I think I understand it. They have a little uh, tradition. If they have to excuse themselves like Pastor Josh just did, um, they get up, and if it's like I think it is, they put their finger up, and while they're going out, their finger's up. I know this is some other churches I've visited, and I wondered about that. And somewhere, somewhere along the line, somebody said, you know what, I've got to go out for a minute, and I'm going to make a little bit of a ruckus, but don't pay any attention to me. Keep looking at him. I think that's where the tradition came from. If we could live like that, don't look at me. Look at him. Any good that you see in me, that's not me. Any blessings, any fortune that you see in me, that's not me. That's God. And if there's any glory to be had, if there's any praise to be given, give it to God. Don't praise me. Don't give me glory. Give it all to God because he is the reason that I exist. He's the reason that I live. And I will praise him every day because of his goodness. One old hymn written in the late 1500s says this. Now thank we all our God. You've never heard this one because it hasn't been sung in a couple hundred years probably. Now thank we all our God with heart and hands and voices whose wondrous things have done in whom this world rejoices who from our mother's arms hath blessed us on our way with countless gifts of love and still is ours today. 
Lord, I give you praise. I give you thanksgiving. Not because it's the month of November. I give you thanksgiving because it's, it's your blessings in my life every day that keep me moving forward. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. And so we sing about the goodness of God. We need to put our, we talk about being grateful. And it's easy to talk about. And when we're talking about it, we intend to do well. You ever um, had a conversation and you had good intentions but no follow-through? That's what we work on with our kids. And then in our relationship to God, we talk about, well, we're going to be more thankful in, in the months and years to come. And then we don't do it. It's important that we put our gratefulness and our uh, gratitude into practice. The Bible says, in all things give thanks unto the Lord. For this is the will of God concerning you. You were created to worship the Lord. You've got a choice to, to do that or not. But he said, this is the will of God. This is why God has brought us to this place. Because we were created to give him thanksgiving and praise. And I want, to, I want our church to be a church, an assembly of the people of God, where we constantly are giving our very best in thanksgiving. We testify of, uh, you know, what the Lord has done. And we have, we have an awareness that uh, praise uh, is something we do when we talk about the Lord. I can talk about Brother Michael and what he's accomplished, and I'm praising him. But when I talk directly to him, it's different. When we, we talk about the Lord, we testify to the world what God has done. That's, that's praising the Lord. Sharing. But when we begin to talk directly to God... And we say, Lord, you have been good to me. You have provided me. That's worship. There's, there's a little bit of difference between praise and worship. We're directing praise about him out so people hear about the goodness of the Lord. But when we look right up to the heavens and say, Lord, you have blessed me. You are my strength. You are my help. That's worship. And I look at myself, I look at some of you, and I realize how far the Lord has brought us from. And it reminds me of that old song. We don't sing it as much anymore. It says, you don't know like I know what he's done for me. And because I know how much he's done, I will lift up my voice. I will praise him from the bottom of my heart. I will thank him for the small things. I'll thank him for the big things, but I'm going to thank him and praise him every day. For the little things. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If we could hear heaven today, if we could hear the angelic host, they're a bit mechanical. We understand that. They're, they're created with no choice as we are to not worship the Lord. But if we could hear the resounding echo of praise and thanksgiving in heaven, and it could influence us here today. If we could just mimic the sound of the angels, not because we want to flatter them or because, you know, it's not about flattering anyone, but if we can understand the power of thanksgiving and praise and we could capture that here, we could lift the roof off this building. Amen. In the Bible, when those seraphims began to worship and, and they expressed their gratitude in worship and praise, it shook the whole building, the Bible said. We could lift the roof here today so if you will put your gratitude and your thankfulness into practice every day it will make your life change in so many ways another old song that i made notice of this morning how great thou art we we incorporate this into 
a newer song, uh, How Great Is Our God. And I love the point when we always get around and transition from How Great Is Our God to Then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee. How great thou art, how great thou art. I feel something when I sing that. Something begins to stir inside of me. I think, God, if it weren't for you, I wouldn't be in this moment. I wouldn't be healthy. I wouldn't be aware. It's because of you. I want to put my gratitude into practice. Amen. I won't say anything probably next week much about Thanksgiving because I'm going to break the cycle here of, of traditional. I'm going to fool you. But I, I thought it was very needful for us to come and, and have a, a some point where we talked about how good God has been and express our gratitude to the Lord. Before your day, you end your day today, you need to take a moment and you need to look at the past year What's happened in your life? Some of you had some troubles. Everybody's had some troubles. Some of you had more than others. But just think, you're still here. And that's every reason in the world you've got to say thank you, Lord. Amen. Stand with me as Jennifer comes. Let's pray a minute. And in this prayer, I want us to uh, express how thankful we are to him. Lord Jesus, you really have blessed us.